Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. To the Matcha Diaries. Wow, you did a very good intro. No. <laughs> we have a repeat guest here with us today. Um, it's me, Leo, and I'm here joined by, do you mm. recognize her by her voice? Virginia. And Leo you and are? mum. <laughs> yeah, so we decided that, well, I was actually supposed to record with Mama over the weekend because I've been back home in Germany since Saturday. And it was Cara's mm. birthday weekend. So birthday on Saturday. Um, so very exciting day. So obviously I didn't want to kind of have Cara do any podcast work over the weekend. So I was like, oh, no worries. I'll record. I'll edit everything. The weekend ended up being so busy. So I actually didn't have the time. But we submitted. We kind of, I asked you guys um, for your opinions on Instagram on what I should record. And you guys voted for an advice episode with my mom. And you all submitted such amazing kind of questions or, or topics. So I still really wanted to record it, even though it's not the weekend anymore. Also, apologies. I know this is coming out a couple of days late, but yeah, it's just been a little bit busy. And honestly, I've just been feeling kind of a little bit run down and exhausted. I think London life and traveling a lot has kind of been catching up with me, which is funny because actually one of you guys submitted a question all around traveling and how to stay grounded um and yeah like I said you guys submitted so many good questions and my mom actually well you do you want to describe what you did to prepare for this episode because I'm very impressed well I think all the I, I put them all together so I have them mm-hmm. all on on one page and can look at them all at the same time yeah you printed them out yes I printed them out and uh, to make some notes and to see you know what we could start with I think they're all really interesting and important but Unfortunately, we won't be able to answer all of them, at least not today, Mm -hmm. but maybe we can start and then you can continue with Cara. Yeah. So if we don't get to your question or topic in this episode, we're definitely going to do a second one or maybe even a third one because they're really, really good and interesting topics in this. And yeah, thank you guys for giving us (laughs) good, good ideas in terms of future episode topics. Um, so... Mama, do you want to read out the first topic? Yes. Having too much stuff on my to-do list instead of doing task, tasks, I scroll on to avoid the task. I scroll on YouTube slash Instagram. That's oh, what sorry. she said. <laughs> These abbreviations are beyond It says me. YT slash IG and Mama just decided to skip over it. Oh yeah, did I even explain what this episode was going to be? It's basically you guys submitted your questions you need advice on we're going to give our thoughts disclaimer we're not you know claiming to have all of the answers or definitely not we're not qualified professionals in any way shape or form we're just two females of different ages giving our thoughts from our experience 
I think it'll be interesting, Mama. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. Do you want to... Because also, a couple of them are obviously about mm, stress, work, that type of thing. Do you want to give a very quick intro into what you do for work or what your like day-to-day life is and mm. what you normally balance? Well, I can... I'm a teacher, so I teach art, English and uh, drama, so I can really... Um, I'm stressed a lot <laughs> because there's always uh, something to do and um, so I can really relate to this question because I have so many to-do lists and it's a never-ending and um, yeah so I can really relate and I can also I'm really good at procrastinating but uh, because you can't procrastinate too much so what ha- really helps me if I um, prioritize I have mm. a list I have several lists and uh, the things that are really, really, you know, really important. I put an exclamation mark in front of it so I can they stand out or you highlight them. You know, everyone has different ways of visualizing. You can put in in my calendar. I always put an um, exclamation mark so I see immediately, oh, this is the one to go for today. Or these are the ones I have to uh, do first today. Yeah, so that helps me prioritizing, visualizing and then just start it. Baby steps, really important. And then tick them off and that makes you feel really good. Mm. Um, and rewards are very important and breaks. You have to schedule in some breaks and rewards. Yep. I agree. Okay, what would be your reward? What would you schedule in? Mm, little things. You know, if you don't have, don't really have time, um, you know, f- uh, for doing great long, having great long breaks, if you have uh, really long stressful days but just having a nice cup of tea yeah um a five minute break it's really nice yeah that's what I I I think I do the same um so I I've actually I I was kind of struggling with for for a while like my organization system when it comes to work and I guess it's the same with like studying like having a place where I have all of my to-dos because there's so many things that I constantly have to remember that I still have to do and if I had that all on one page, which I used to do, it's super, super overwhelming. And then it's really difficult to prioritize. So I've actually just started with like a new, well, a couple of weeks ago, I started with a new organizational tool and I got it recommended by the booktuber, Jack Edwards, who I've, I've been obsessed with recently. He does such good like book reviews. He does amazing content, like such high quality. And he was recommending this like organizational tool. Well, I think he was sponsored by them. They're called Mila Note. And I've been using them for my work. How do you spell that? M-I-L-A-N-O-T-E. Because I use Notion for my personal life and keeping that organized. So that also helps me. Having different places where I store to-dos for different sections of my life. So on Notion, I have my personal section and I have a podcast section, which I share with Kara. And then I have Mila Note now, which I use for my work. And actually within Mila Note, I also share it with uh, a couple of people in my team. But I have different sections within because it's really cool on that on that kind of project tracker you have different places where you can have different project boards but then you also can have like a dashboard it's very visual you can have lots of different colors which I like and again it's maybe figuring out what what you find satisfying or what you enjoy in terms of keeping track of your to-dos because I think maybe I'm similar to you mama I love the satisfaction of ticking things off of having things visual, having things color coordinated, having things in different sections. So I also have a section of like my must do's of today. Then I have a section of general to do's of the day. I have a separate section, like on a separate page almost where it's like the to do's for the week. And then I have them kind of 
organized by day. Um, but I also have a person in my team who she has like a more general to-do list on her laptop, but then she has a to-do list that she every day does on a notebook. So she does that, the daily ones with pen and paper. So maybe it's also about figuring out like what works for you. How do you prefer to, but I think one of the main things is just to not write everything down on your to-do list that you could possibly want to get done for that day because then I think it's really overwhelming and if you just have a list of like 15 things that you don't want to do then you're not going to even want to start because you just know that you can't even get it done you know it's like such an unrealistic task that you set out to do so and I've had that so many times and I remember speaking to a coach at work about this and she was saying that you should really try and focus on for example even like three or four like three tasks and then try and do them as soon as possible because <laughs> then you've like got it done. And then if you get more kind of smaller or more kind of, because I think sometimes we tend to do those tasks first that are easier to get done. So in that case, we think it's rewarding, but actually it's not contributing to the bigger goal and we're actually just pushing off what we really need to do. Like for example, I don't know, sending that one email or... What is another small task? I don't know. I can't think of good examples now. Um, but yeah, and I think then if we often, if things seem unmanageable, then we'll procrastinate because we don't even want to start. But I also get it. I feel like procrastination is a big one. Do you do anything in terms of like avoiding, like specifically about procrastination, how to avoid the temptations? Mm. I mean, you're quite good. You don't have like social media that much on your phone, do you? No. Probably generational thing. Yeah, I don't get distracted by that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you get I distracted I sometimes, by? What do I get distracted by? Books. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love reading. Yeah, so... Or, um, I don't know, reading, reading the newspaper. Hmm. Um, no, but I think it's really good advice just to go for it and, and do it. Not to think about it too much and just to do it. And then it gives you really good satisfaction if you can, you know, if you have the biggest chunk, the most difficult one, if you start with that one. Yeah. That's really good. Sometimes, though, it's hard to start with the big yeah. one. So sometimes it can help to start with something that's easy. And so maybe, depending on what it is, you can sometimes bear like it. Like ease into it. Yeah. But don't leave the most difficult thing for the last. Yeah, because then that's you're tired. Exactly. And then you will say, and oh, And you I'll know in the tomorrow. back of your mind that that's looming. That's going to be loaded over you for like the rest of the day. Mm. Even whilst you're doing other things. So yeah, in summary, take I like the thing of like scheduling rest, scheduling breaks... For me, it's also like, it can be as simple as like making a cup of coffee, making a matcha tea, whatever you want, a little like a snack, maybe scheduling like a little bit of a reading break. I love those as well, because actually I feel like reading doesn't take you away from the task. I remember at uni, I'd almost give myself a bit of a technology ban, like I wouldn't read, I wouldn't watch series or movies in like the intense exam period, because I felt like that would almost... I don't think it actually did or would have, but I felt like it would take the information out of my brain or would distract me too much. And I felt like actually reading helped me focus and didn't distract me too much or didn't take me too much out of the studying mindset, but it still relaxed my brain. So mm. maybe then you're more effective if you have, yeah. you know, if you uh, certainly with, with studying, it's like really good. Like, you know, you have so much uh, studying to do, but it's really good to have a break and then you do something creative in between or you write yeah. a letter or you make a phone call. And then these can also be re rewards, making a phone call. And what you were saying to group things, I think that's also really good. You know, sometimes I have like 
group things like marking or know, yeah. planning or yeah. or phone calls and um and I put that on the to-do list and then I have a smaller list which with all the people I have to call yeah. and then um but it's actually really nice to make all these phone calls like in one go because then yeah. you can like you know, time batching yep yeah also like writing out the step by steps that you'll need to do like break it down for yourself so when you're looking at a big task it's broken down into smaller chunks so it doesn't seem quite as big um anything else i guess and the phone thing is difficult because also that like i sometimes go on my phone to write one message and then five minutes later i'm doing something completely different on a completely different social media app and i've completely forgotten what i actually wanted to do like yeah. it's a bit scary i feel like the phone just sucks you into i mean that's literally what it's designed to do like the whole purpose and every app is designed to just suck but, you in but i think for that i mean i'll just put my phone somewhere else then yeah distractions that's bye-bye. what we all should be doing <laughs> i put it in a different room i'm not gonna lie i do not put my phone in a different room mm. because if you but want to just should. if you just want yeah. to listen to music you can put you know listen to music on your laptop yeah. or on a... do not disturb helps me during the workday i normally put my phone on do not disturb and then for important messages i sometimes will have whatsapp web on my laptop so i don't feel completely like disconnected from everyone so i know if i because sometimes i feel like you want to still be able to be kind of reachable which maybe is toxic in itself, but especially having a long distance relationship, which some a lot of questions actually were about as well. Like you can't just disappear unless it's like a very specific important day. I wouldn't want to just disappear for a whole day, not messaging back because that's the only, that's the main form of communication and like, you know, keeping of intimacy or keeping of um, kind of a stream of, of contact up. So I do that most of the time. I have my phone on Do Not Disturb, but have WhatsApp on my laptop. Hmm. But is that really so bad to disappear for one day? <laughs> it sounds like heaven <laughs> to actually be able just to disappear for one day and no one can reach you. Wonderful. Yeah. I don't think I... I can't remember the last time I was like unreachable for a day. Hmm. I think it's social media nowadays. Oh. I mean, even Goya, so my brother, he's 10 years younger than me. And he's on all of the social platforms and his phone a lot younger than I was. Just because of like this, like how people work now. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, he does put his phone away sometimes because Forcefully. I ask. Forcefully. <laughs> <laughs> but then he does other things. He does, yeah. you know, it's like... I think the weird thing is about like, I think our generation is like we know that the phone isn't necessarily the best for us or the best for our mental health or our productivity. But at, on the other hand, it's like our main form of, I don't know, communication with our friends, especially because so many of us are like long distance or through COVID or whatever. Then it's like main source or access to trends and news. And it's also like entertainment, visually pleasing. I don't know. But I mean, actually, my housemate, Michael, has just also deleted all social media platforms. Really? Apart from WhatsApp off his phone. Yeah. Really? Also Instagram? And... Yeah. 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 The only thing he now has, I think, is Facebook. So he he sent me a reel yesterday on Facebook. And I was like, who uses Messenger nowadays? Um, but yeah. So if any of you guys... And actually, I remember someone messaged us. Uh, someone emailed us, one of our podcast listeners, because she also doesn't have social media. So props to you guys out there. Maybe we should do an episode with one of you guys and share your tips on how to do this. 
moving on to the next question. Actually, we touched on this a little bit. It's about long distance relationships. Um, there's a couple of ones that touched on it. Long distance relationships. Um, here, how do you properly deal with them or any tips when you're starting them? And this one, there was one specifically that said they won't be able to move in for two years, which is a very long time, to be fair. So, yeah, that is it's really tough. <laughs> I, I, I'm really sorry. Similar for you, though. It's going to yeah. be two years, right? Oh, yeah. True. Mm. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Going through two. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I you're don't managing know. it quite well, so you're probably really good in giving tips on that. Well, Mama, do you want to give... Because you also did long distance. Yeah, I did it for a year. and um, Do you want to explain your circumstances? Because they were, I think, a lot tougher than what we have to do nowadays. Yeah, we didn't really have mobiles at that time. So it's quite a long time ago. Okay, please give your... Yeah, I was studying. so I'm And, um, and I was basically pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And... Um, Yes, so your so your dad, so Antonio, he was um, he was still in another country, and getting his life, you know, sort of finishing his chapter in his life over in, um, over in Portugal, and um, so the only way of communicating that we had was by a letter, and it took one week for a letter from Portugal to Germany. Oh uh, and God. phone calls, but uh, phone calls were really expensive. So WhatsApp is so cheap; it's amazing what we have now. How expensive was a phone call? Mm. I don't remember, but it was expensive. <laughs> so you know, you couldn't you couldn't just uh, talk for hours; it was not possible. So yeah. I think we only spoke for about maybe. And uh, you also wasn't really that that you didn't really enjoy phone calls that much. Mm. Um, but we spoke like every, you know, every day or every second day on the phone and then, um, we wrote each other letters. Oh, yeah. Do you I, have them? I still have. Yes, of course. <gasps> and he made really beautiful, like really creative, uh, creative letters. He wrote really like poems and just, you know, like diaries and, um, he made like photo stories, um, Aww. took photos, you know, like. In a, in a way, like a like a vlog, but with photographs and then text and then sending them. Oh, that was really nice. So it's I think it's just really important to like to to stay in touch and to you know to send each other signs of love. Mm. Yeah. So that the other one uh, knows that you're thinking of them and you're interested and. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't get worried. I mean, you worry anyway, but then you worry less. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, okay, so I guess my experience, I'm in a long distance relationship now, which I think most of you listening know. My boyfriend lives in Italy. I live in London most of the time. Um, But I actually also did long distance with my ex quite a few times. So at the time we were, I met him at uni. And then whenever I'd go home over the uni holidays, we do long distance for either one, two, three months, depending on what holidays it was. So obviously that was a bit different because you knew that you were going to be back. Like we knew that we were going to be back in person uh, versus my situation now with Marco is that we're like, we're long distance and we're just, you know, figuring out a way as to when will we be able to live in the same country. Um, so, and what I found why long distance didn't used to work that well for me, I think is about what you were saying, like the 
I think now what me and Marco do really well is letting each other know that we're loved, if that makes sense. Like I feel very, very secure in our relationship. And I feel very secure in the love that we have. And that does mean that also, because also like life gets in the way sometimes. I was saying that obviously I'm, I'm going to try and have WhatsApp like on my laptop and stuff, but there'll be lots of days where either me or Marco will be super busy with things because it's just either because you're in the office and you can't be on your phone or because, you know, you've got things with family or friends, like who knows what's going on. So especially in those days where maybe you can't communicate, it's I think it's extra important to know that you know that the other person is still thinking about you, even if they're not actively messaging, but that if they could be messaging you, they would and that they they want to be in contact with you or they, you know, mm. they they have that interest in you. So I think that's important in general. I think that's the basis for a long distance relationship to work is to have a secure foundation in terms of like the love that you share and obviously trust. I mean, I think that's something that like is pretty common knowledge in terms of long distance relationships and communication. I think it's really important to, because what we found, especially because me and Marco, we started long distance. So we met in when we were both on holiday and we both actually didn't really speak like, so Marco's English wasn't as good as it is now. So we also had some language barriers at the beginning. And I think text message or communication over phone makes miscommunications a lot more common mm. than if you're in person together. Because then you like see body language, you can like cuddle, you can, you can feel touch of someone. And I think then arguments get, or maybe they probably don't even happen. But then over text, often miscommunications can happen. And we had that especially at the beginning where I think, you know, Marco would say something in a specific phrase. And now we look back and we're like, it's it's because he Google translated it probably, you know, and I was then taking that sentence and like misinterpreting it. But I think that happens in general with long distance relationships because I even had it with my ex as well, where over text, things just get so blown up out of proportion because you read things a different way. You read things in that person is saying in a specific tone of voice or whatever it is. So I think communicating very clearly is really important and just jumping on a phone call, even if you're busy, like even if it's just five minutes versus, and even if you're mad at the person at the time, like jumping on a FaceTime, especially I think for, yeah, even if it's literally just five minutes, I think really helps to like calm you down. And yeah, and communicating also, like if you are worried about something yeah. or you were thinking, oh, um, you have like a bad thought about something and you think, oh, does it really mean it like that? Yeah. You know, rather than worrying about Definitely. it, just phoning and asking, you know, yeah. what do you mean by that? And yeah. then you can talk it through and then normally it's, you know, probably the problem will resolve itself. Yeah. Definitely. Because you realize you've misunderstood each other. That was really nice about the book that, um, you know, we read in, um, with it, when when the coffee gets cold, mm. it was all about miscommunication, and then some people uh, think, oh, they don't phone or they don't ask because they think, oh, the other person probably doesn't like me. Or yeah, yeah, I think that's another thing. I think you have to be really honest in long distance. Put your pride. I mean, I think that's for any relationship. You have to put your pride or notions of you know wanting to be mysterious or whatever like that has to go out the window I think it's just you have to be completely honest and vulnerable and transparent and even if you think like it's a silly thought or it's a silly worry or whatever it is like I think just voicing it even that makes it better as soon as you say it out loud 
I think it's it's just easier and if it's the right partner they'll understand you and like they'll be able to make you feel calmer or make you feel at ease and then I think a big thing is also trying to plan things to look forward to and I I don't know what your guys' situation is because actually yeah obviously there's been a couple of you who must be in long distance relationships right now I know everyone's situation is difficult uh different because also me and Mark are very lucky that we live a relatively short flight away. We both work semi-flexibly in the sense that we can sometimes work from home certain days. So that makes it easier to travel sometimes. And we also are both earning money via jobs, which helps us support us financially in terms of flying. Otherwise, I, you know, I honestly don't know how we'd fly as much as we do. I mean, we just wouldn't be able to. You seem so, to be really, uh, you know, you're really lucky because you see each other like roughly every two to three weeks, right? Every month at least. Every yeah. We try to do every three to like four weeks. A like Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. <laughs> I just watched a number, <laughs> I just watched the first episode yesterday. Um, and uh, you can see the schedules that had these text messages yeah. and the dates when they met each other. It was I mean, like we don't roughly have a, about every two we weeks. We don't have a private jet though. no unfortunately not i feel like our long distance relationship is slightly less glamorous than harry and Meghan's. well i think yours is very beautiful it doesn't need to be <laughs> I'm not, glamorous no it needs i'm not to be saying loving. it's less beautiful it's very beautiful um but yeah Lost, I feel like less it's... stressful <laughs> yeah definitely better. thank god marco's not the prince of england I just, definitely be... you're very lucky yeah um see so think about that at least your boyfriend is not the prince of england i'm assuming yes and no one's following you no paparazzi yeah no, that that makes it a lot easier. Um, but no, I feel like, but it's still important, I think, to schedule things to look forward to. Even if it's in a month, in two months, in three months, like having something that you're working towards, even if it's not the finally, when can we kind of move in together? I think that is something though that, because one of you guys obviously said won't be able to move in for two years. That's obviously really tricky, but at least... It's nice that you seem to have at least some sort of end date in terms of like in some, two years. Yeah, something to look forward to. Exactly. Because I think what's difficult, and I've uh, kind of spoken to friends who've had that as well before, where you're doing long distance and neither of you have any plans or desire to move to a different place or the place where the other person's living. And that's difficult because then how are you going to resolve it without one of you guys... Like, one of you guys will have to change their mind or opinion or make a compromise. Otherwise, how would it work? So I think that's key, actually, for a long-distance relationship to work. is like, for both of you to be willing to make some sort of adjustment, compromise, change, or plan so that you will be able to have a date to... And even if it's a rough date, even if it's, like, in 2024 we will start applying for jobs in XYZ mm. cities where we'll live together. Yeah. I mean, that's something that actually, like, me and Marco are literally working through right now of, like, you know, something how to are we going to live together to. next yeah. year? Yeah. I mean, we had something to look forward to. Basically, your birth. <laughs> we we knew that... Another know, option. Just get pregnant. You were supposed to be born on the 24th of December. That was your scheduled date. Yeah. And... Um, wow. Well, it's going to be a Christmas baby. Um, but then you came one week, uh, one week later on the first of um, first. maybe that's why I love Christmas so much. Yeah, maybe it was my birthday. Um, so we definitely had something to look forward to, <laughs> but we did not see each other for half a year, for six months. Wow. So maybe this is for you know those of you who don't really have money 
to spend to see each other every two or three weeks. It is possible to do it without. Yeah. Um, yeah, six months is a really, really long time, though. Yeah. Because then you kind of start doubting yourself, you know, if you haven't yeah. seen the person for such a long time. But it is possible. So what do you think helped you the most? Um, yeah, talking on the phone. And also because Antonio did these really beautiful, like wrote these letters and these photos. Like I could see that he had put a lot of creative thought into mm. it. Um, you know, these signs of love. That was really nice. Yeah, so maybe it's also taking the time actually to do something special. Special, yeah. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Like it doesn't have to cost. We did any not money. have. We did not have any money. So, yeah. I mean, he took f photos, and then you had to at that time. You know, twenty five years ago, they had to be printed out. So that did cost a little bit of money, but he also did drawings and you know yeah. writing. So a stamp, yeah. So no, I think it's more about the, uh, showing the person that you care. Yeah. And that you're willing to put some time and effort into it and yeah. some thought. Much better than sending chocolates. <laughs> Although I wouldn't mind Although receiving that's chocolates. <laughs> that is true. And sometimes, or flowers or whatever. I mean, yeah. everyone has different things they like. So maybe yeah. finding out what the, makes the other person happy. And uh, then, yeah. you know, thoughtful gifts. Yeah. Or it could even be a thoughtful message. Or thoughtful message, Yeah. Thoughtful letter. Depending on, you should do the love language. Or I feel like the love languages quiz is actually not that accurate, but talking about what each other's love languages is always helpful, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Tell Have you not heard of it? No. Basically, apparently, I've forgotten how many there are, but there are certain numbers of love languages. So it's words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, and what am I missing? Gifts. Have I said gifts? Acts of service. No, that's gifts, different. No, gifts. Okay. That's new. Five love languages. And the theory is that there that you will have different types of love languages in terms of like how you give love, mm -hmm. but then also how you like to receive love. So how do you feel the most loved? Is it by someone giving you an act of service? Is it by someone telling you how much they love you or something beautiful about you? Or is it by them giving you a gift? Or is it by them spending time with you, etc.? And I think like a lot of us or physical touch, etc. And I think most of us probably have all of them to some extent. The theory is just that there's going to be certain ones that you probably lean more highly towards or that maybe you're more likely to even like express love in that way. And for example, if you're a person that like is big on gifts, so then you give the other person lots of gifts, but maybe how they want to feel loved or how they feel the most loved is through words of affirmation and then they feel like they're not loved even though you're trying to show them that you love them in your way so then it's like oh if you speak about it then you can actually you know kind of not adapt by but kind of know in what way can you make the other person feel the most loved sounds really good Yeah. So there's a quiz. Goes back to communication, huh? Yeah. And asking questions and yeah. finding out what the other one likes. Yeah, exactly. Because you might think that it's exactly the same way that you do, but... But it probably isn't. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said, there is a quiz. I found the quiz not that accurate, to be honest. So I wouldn't rely 100% on it. Because the questions are a bit leading. Like, I don't know, I just think sometimes the options aren't great like they they make you choose between two options and that's how like it narrows it down but sometimes the options are just silly so <laughs> um I feel like obviously there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things that make long distance hard. But I also just wanted to say that I think for me, sometimes it also helps to remember the good things about long distance or the benefit, the unique benefits that it sometimes does give. So I think we speak about this quite a lot, but the fact that you get to be very independent in the times that you're apart. So instead of constantly wishing you were somewhere that you're not, so instead of constantly thinking about, I wish I was with my partner, I wish he was here or she was here, etc. Because obviously that is kind of that, that constant thing of like, you know, you're not actually being present with what you are, which is definitely something I'm working on. But I think it helps to remind yourself that actually you're in a unique position of you can focus fully on your friends, wherever you live, your work, your studies when you're apart. But then when you're with the other person, you can also focus a bit more fully on the other person. So I think really often you're you're in a relationship, but because you see each other so often, you you probably more often take each other for granted than if you're than when you know how special it is to see that person. And also, I think, at least in me and Marco's case, it really helped us be very honest about our intentions serious about our intentions and like commitments from the beginning because there's no point doing long distance if you don't actually care about each other if you don't actually care about a serious future together because it's a lot of effort you know so I think it's actually quite beautiful if you know that you're with some like with a person that's obviously also taking it as seriously as you in a long distance relationship because then you know you're in this together and you you know you really care about each other because yeah, I mean, and you have like a not, long-term goal. Yeah, yeah, and you're clearly not doing it for sex because you're not getting a lot of that <laughs> in a long-distance relationship. You know, like, it's it's kind of nice to know that it's about actually just your emotional connection that you have and, like, the love that you share. But okay, shall we move on to the next one? This question. I get nervous when talking to people, even if I want to have a conversation. Oh, now we have another <laughs> con- what, IDK. <laughs> <laughs> means i don't know oh okay <laughs> this is funny this should be a whole nother episode or youtube video this is funny even if i want to have a conversation <laughs> i don't know what to say tips yes mm. go on give your thoughts yes we were talking about that you know communication because mm. um sometimes I think we are too much too worried about you know what is the other person thinking about you know do they like me we were talking about this with you know um with my cousin yeah yeah because we were, she had we were actually really going tip. through yeah. like the different advice submissions on the weekend in the car and yeah she had a good she a had good a really tip. good tip she was um we were talking about it's much um, better to focus on you know, not on what, um, focus on the other person, yeah, um, what, um, you know, what, what is the other person feeling, you know, what are they interested in, so if you're focusing, um, focusing more on them rather than yourself, then you can also find out, uh, you know, what do they like, how can I, yeah, mm. so that's how it relates to the question that we had be, uh, had before. Yeah, it's like when you're on a date, um, turning around like not thinking about because often we're so worried about what are other people going to think of me etc versus you know you should be asking yourself but what do I think of them and Mm. you know making turning it around like that like shifting your mindset of the conversation or for example if it's like a you know you just genuinely want to know something about the person so yeah trying to yeah finding out how to you know make them happy or 
whether you're compatible or whether you know you have uh, similar interests yeah and i do think i think conversation is a bit of a muscle and a bit of a skill that you can practice because i feel like we all noticed this when coming out of covid like it's it was a bit weird at first like start mm. having casual conversations again or small talk or i've noticed this a lot when coming back to the office and like the office small talk or not even small talk but just like the the chit chat that you would have with people in the office like it's not about your friends because your close friends you probably would have still talked to kind of most days but it's about those like the new interactions networking all of those things i think are a lot of practice so the first few times that you're going to be doing it you probably will feel I don't know, a little bit out of your depth. I have that with networking events quite a lot where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what do I say? <laughs> and I, I feel like that's actually quite rare for me because I do love to talk a lot. But I get that as well with, really? with kind of like, could you tell, could you tell that I like to talk? Um, You're good at it. But what helps me is um, sometimes having like a couple of questions which I know I'd want to hear the answer to. And which will kind of spark an interesting topic of conversation. That's not like super cliche. You know, that isn't like, oh, so how was your commute in? <laughs> or, you know, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of like basic questions that people will ask. Like, oh, what do you do for work? Or where do you live? Um, Etc. Yeah, it's good to, th to actually think about, um, you know, some questions that you're really interested in that you can, yeah. that you can ask people. Topics and, that, you, that you're comfortable around. Yes, and um, and maybe write them down. So I know that my my mum has um, has a little book. Does she? She does. She has a little book with uh, questions that she's interested in and quotes. And then she always, or stories um, wow. that she's interested in and lots of articles and clippings and always conversation droppers. I'm not surprised by this, to be fair. <laughs> Um, because it's interesting, mm. maybe because we are both teachers, you know, always, uh, always interested in teaching, uh, you know, in like, you know, in learning or yeah. in maybe, you know, um, passing on information. So I think that's really interesting to, um, to have a little, you know, write down good questions that you feel comfortable, um, asking others. And also, of course, um, then thinking about your own answers. Yeah. I mean, yep. that's another thing, I guess, if you do have a couple of questions that you feel comfortable with or you're interested in, then you'll kind of already know what your answer would be, for example. So then you can make it more focused on not what will they think of me or what will my answer be or what do I say and more about trying to make it about the other person or trying to really focus on the other person, actively listening, etc. And also kind of like, don't be too hard on yourself. And also, don't think that they're judging you as harshly as you think they are. Because nine times out of ten, they're just focused on themselves and probably thinking about, oh, how am I coming across in this conversation? Or do I have, a, don't know, are they noticing the spot on my face? Or am I standing weird? Or, you know, everyone has, like, everyone's so focused on themselves most of the time. And oftentimes, like, even if someone's appearing confident, they will probably have something going on in their mind or thinking about something different. Like, I don't think m most of the times people aren't as... They're not picking up the small details that you think they might be. And even just you, you know, talking about topics you're interested in or asking questions, you know, 
that will make you feel or seem a lot more control of a situation in turn mm. seem more confident and I think that often like makes people want to speak to people as well like knowing that you know oh, well you know they they seem to have interesting questions or mm. they seem to yeah and also people. I think the questions that you ask um they sh- you know shouldn't be like yes or no questions yeah. but questions where you find out about the other person for example where do you see yourself in I don't know, five years time. And then, of course, you know, you learn something about, you know, the other person's goals or, you know, what they like. And then, of course, this is something they can then ask you back. And then, you know, you learn about each other. I think that's actually, isn't it scientifically proven that people, (laughs) people respond or like people more or rating people more favorably after a conversation where they'd been asked more questions. I think people really like to talk about themselves and they just like to think that the other person's interested in them. So actually most of the time, if you've asked them a couple of like intro questions and then you kind of dig in a little bit more into details, they're probably going to come away from the conversation and be like, wow, that was an amazing conversation, you know? But then, I mean, also you get something out of it because then you've learned something about the other person. And, you know, I think, Every, every person you speak to, like, you learn something from them. Even if that person is, like, not your vibe or not actually someone you'd want to spend time with after. But it doesn't mean that you won't still have learned something from it. So it's also, like, yeah, seeing it as something where mm. you're doing it for. Yeah. And also maybe I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, how to be more relaxed in conversations. Mm. I was just thinking about this, you know, drama, uh, like a, a tip I, I give the students in, in drama is to think more about um, uh, like a motivation. Like for example, Marlon Brando, you probably don't know the actor Marlon Brando, do you? No. It's like, you know, have you heard about Godfather? Yes. Yeah, okay, so. Okay. Um, so he's like, a bit like, um, who's your like, um, your favorite, one of your favorite actors? That's a difficult question. Oh, one that you really like. What? I like Florence Henry Pugh. Henry hmm? Yeah. No, not really. No. <laughs> okay, who then? So tell me, tell me again. Florence Pugh is mm-hmm. great. I don't really have you like. See her? It's it's a woman. Oh, she was a Little Women. Ah, which one of the sisters? The blonde one. Okay. <laughs> which one? What the 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 oldest one who was writing? That's no, Joe. the youngest one. The, the youngest one. We'll have to watch that again. Actually, this Christmas we should watch the old. That would version. be really nice. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Anyways, so Marlon Brando, like imagine mm-hmm. your favorite actress. Yeah. Um, just starting out her career. Now she's famous, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she was starting out her career and maybe, you know, um, so Marlon Brando, I'm talking about Marlon Brando, but I think you can think about your uh, favorite actress starting out her career and um, probably, you know, was just about to get the sack because, you know, had just set a tiny little role but couldn't get the scene right. Uh, he was just supposed to get the pizza to the uh, to the woman in the hotel room, give mm-hmm. her the pizza, deliver the pizza, go to the door and then get the money and leave. But he was so awkward in delivering <laughs> the pizza and, you know, the, the director got so frustrated. I think they did like 20 takes just delivering the pizza because he was, you know, so self-conscious, just looked terrible. And then one of the actors took him to the side and said, you know, you know, stop worrying, you know, don't worry about, you know, delivering the pizza. Just think about what you want from the woman you are delivering the pizza to. Just think about, you want a tip from her. Mm. 
So this is like the motivation. So he had a motivation. Then he thought, and he, because before he was always thinking, oh, I have to move to the right and then I have to do this and then I have to ring the door and then I have to, you know, take the money. And then, mm. so, and he was so confused. It was too much at once. And then he was just thinking about, I want to get a tip. Yeah. And then all the things he did, you know, was, you know, natural. It just did, did it without thinking about it. Smiling, you know, like. Yeah. Um, so that worked. So he didn't get fired. And then <laughs> he got famous. It's like Marlon Brando is like a really, really famous actor. Dead now. But um, um, so really, you know, thinking, going back to the conversations when you talk to someone, you know, you can also have a motivation. Yeah. Like, I don't know. For example, you know, making the other person feel comfortable rather than thinking mm. about yourself, mm. like thinking about, you know, they're probably also very nervous and, uh, yeah. you know, your motivation could be making making them feel good or relaxed. So it's more about them and not you and yeah. the rest will follow. I like that. That's a good tip. Mama's just showing me Marlon Brando. Yeah, I feel like his face looks familiar. I feel like the podcast listeners will be maybe shocked that I don't know him. I do apologize. <laughs> I actually haven't watched The Godfather, which maybe mm. is a TV sin. And I do know the actress you're talking about. Yeah. I do really like her very much. <laughs> um, one of them was also about like feeling grounded when often traveling for long distance. And I am working on the feeling grounded thing when traveling for long distance I think that's really my biggest challenge because I'm a person that is very routine based and I love like I love traveling but traveling for long distance is very different than traveling for like pleasure or culture not that you're not traveling for pleasure but you know what I mean you're not traveling just because you want to explore a new city every once in a while like you know it's you kind of have no choice especially if you're doing it every other month or so and I've definitely you know that's definitely a struggle for me because there's so much going on during the week or anyways in my life that it's it's definitely like something additional to juggle and also something that like often takes a toll on like my my health in terms of like traveling is obviously not the healthiest thing for you to do like I always feel quite drained after and everything I think what does help me is trying to find like moments of my routine even when I'm abroad. So for example, even when I'm with Marco in Italy, like I'll still try and find the time to sit down and read my book for like 15 minutes and I'll be drinking a tea or I'll I'll often like be awake for longer than Marco is. So we'll just like he'll already be asleep and then I'll be like reading my book in the evening or, or something mm. like that where I still feel like I have like bits of my routine that I love to do at home and I have mm. that in the in the other place so a little bit of me time yeah, yeah. and then also actually not super jam-packing the weekends that we're together so often what we'll both kind of crave on the weekends which I think at the beginning of our long distance it was like oh my god like let's do this and this on the weekend or mm. like we we plan trips or plan this and sometimes that's really nice to do like something really special or to travel somewhere else for the weekend but sometimes I think now what we really want is just to spend time together and actually that could literally just be a weekend at home but it would be at either his or my home 
but it's you know so it's I feel that makes it a little bit less stressful as well if you're having like the travel which is stressful already then at least you have like the downtime mm. together and it doesn't have to be like seeing that person and seeing x and visiting y um so making sure that you do have those moments of rest in between and I also had a month actually like the month of November where I had to communicate to Marco that I just felt like I couldn't travel that month like I was so I felt really like on my limit at my limit I don't know I just I felt like I'd moved into my new house in August and I hadn't been in my house for longer than two or three weeks for like yeah for I guess three four months or something and that was really I just felt really really exhausted there'd also been other travel because obviously we also had family holiday um and like different trips that I you know definitely wanted to be a part of or even like business stuff and everything like that but I had to communicate with Marco that I just felt like I couldn't do it that month so we ended up having to kind of not see each other for a bit longer time. And then, you know, he came to visit me, which is obviously, you know, again, it's about him also making that compromise with me and him coming to visit me probably more often than I did him in that instance. But I just felt like I, I couldn't have done it. You know, I, I don't think I would have been able to, in a very healthy mental state, been enjoying, like, to be enjoying that month that was a very grammatically poor sentence but you know <laughs> what I mean um and yeah so honestly I don't know if I'm the best to give tips on this because it's definitely something that I'm working on like how mm. to feel grounded with so much travel and especially when you feel like it's not really something in your control because you're doing it to you know make your relationship survive but I guess it's also trying to remember that it's it's not forever and it's mm. and temporary. I think even though you know I think what is stressful about traveling is that sometimes you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. So maybe trying to, you know, try, as you said, you know, don't, not to jam pack your, your day and trying mm. to make sure that you do get, um, you know, you do get as much uh, sleep as possible. And if that is not possible, then that you have, you definitely, and that is always possible to do that. You have like some happy minutes, mm. you know, just happy minutes, like me minutes. Yeah. Where you, even if it's just, you know, listening, you know, for us would be reading, we yeah. love reading, you know, just reading for 15 minutes is, yeah. you know, or five minutes or 10 minutes, um, or listening to your favorite song, you know, like, yeah. just like in Stranger Things, you know, she gets, they put the, the headphones on her, you know, and then she listens to this, uh, spe to her special song, and yeah. that's, and then the, what's this, the evil doesn't have power over her. Don't you remember that? <laughs> no, picking, like big jazz hands at me. <laughs> I've forgotten. Anyway, sometimes it's nice, like you know, you have this, you have everyone has special music, music yeah. that they like. Yeah. Or well, different things. You know, for us, it's reading, or it could be music, or it could be I don't know, eating a nice piece. I don't know. Taking like your favorite chocolate with you or something. I don't know. Yeah, watching people for you know something that yeah. you enjoy uh, doing. So. Happy minutes, whatever they are, even if it's just five minutes. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, because don't feel like just because you only have a weekend with them that then in that time, you're not allowed to have any time to yourself mm. or... And I actually think when you're traveling, sometimes you do have quite a lot of a time that we are wasting that you can actually use productively because you're waiting quite a lot when you're 
traveling you're waiting yeah. to board you're waiting you know in queues and uh, that's probably the most draining part the yes waiting. they can be draining but also they can be actually fun because you could yeah. ma- you can make them less draining if for example i really like to watch uh, people because mm-hmm. you you know when you're thinking of a role you know something you want to do and you and watch people and you think oh this is like a really interesting character <laughs> um you know and you watch how they walk and uh, it's very, very interesting watching people. That's interesting. Yeah, and watching them and thinking, oh, if I had to describe that person, sometimes even, um, you know, um, looking at someone and you copy how they walk or you draw how, or you draw them or you write down or you describe them and, it's, and then you look at them a lot more closely. Yeah. Or you're just trying to figure out, you know, or who likes whom when you're waiting in a queue. It's sometimes interesting because people start flirting. Mm. If you look at it, it's, you could see quite a lot of interesting things. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I feel like I do... I Because I'm not stressed anymore about flying because I do it so often. So I think I also try and use my time that I'm like at airports to do things that I normally don't get to do or things that I've like been putting off. So I often use it to do... If you're like... If you like content creation or something like that, I used my airport queue the other day to like make a reel or I obviously read, but reading sometimes isn't possible if you're like standing and you've got like bags and stuff. So I also save up podcasts that I really want to listen to or actually Spotify now also has audiobooks. So you don't even have to have like an audible subscription or anything like that. You could, you know, save up a, an audiobook that you want to listen to mm. or voice messages because I feel like those often build up. And you don't normally get the time to like respond to your friends or anything, but actually that can be a good mm. time as well when you're waiting and you kind of have like something to do and something where you feel like you're mm. actually using the time. And to also have jackets which have big pockets because then you can put a Kindle in it. <laughs> and then even when you're waiting, you know, you can put your Kindle out very fast. Even better. You know what? I just bought the best bag in the history of all bags. <laughs> I bought this bag from Uniqlo, which is like a... It's like a bum bag, basically. So basically, but it's it's actually got a lot of space in it. It's only £14.99. 14, not 40. And there just fits so much space in it. So I could wrap it around like my body, but then I had my jacket over it. So I could have my passport there, my like headphones. You could even fit a book in there. So it's not like an extra handbag because no one's exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then it really saves you time as well. So that was, I mean not related to not feeling drained but Mm, good tip though (laughs) i want one of those okay very quickly this is going to be the last like advice like the quick ones and actually we got two big kind of longer advice messages that i also wanted to read out if we have the time let's see but yeah the last one i think we've mentioned books quite a lot so (laughs) tips for reading huh yeah this is yeah the question says tips for reading more i feel like i read only book club books whilst you manage so many (laughs) hehe this girl is actually in our book club so shout out to you. <laughs> um, Mama, do you want to say? Because I feel like I've gotten my love f- for reading probably. Like it's it's a lot due to you. So. I mean, f- for us, it's no problem to read. Uh, well, I think for me, it's more I love reading. Just uh, You know, we both love reading. But it's for me, it's probably more like I don't always have the time to read. Mm. But I, I mean, then, of course, you can you can try to make more time. But I have the feeling maybe this question is tips for reading more. Not quite sure, you know, what the context is, whether maybe... I know she is also very busy. She is very busy or is yeah. it that she's... Is, um, do you think it's more that she's... It's difficult for her to start a book or uh, maybe it's like... 
Um, Maybe it's some, I don't know. I mean, I obviously don't know exactly what like her specific circumstances, but I know that she does quite a challenging degree. Plus it sounds like she also has a long distance relationship. So I could imagine that it's a time problem as well as potentially a, I don't know. I think with reading, it's all about like prioritization, like choosing to read when you could be doing something else. Mm. And also maybe, why well, she managed so many, so sweet. So it's like the goal is to read as many as possible. <laughs> I actually really like, of course, the simple solution to this is um, if you want to read many, you know, choose short, short ones <laughs> and maybe even graphic novels because you can, these are really fast to read and they're so much fun. You know, mm. they have very little text and you can even now get novels, you know, like really big chunky novels, but uh, they're, you know, shortened into graphic novels. I've just got, uh, I just read a really good one. It's called, I think, In a Man's Skin. It's a really nice, um, nice book about a love story set in, uh, like in the 16th century about a woman where, you know, women don't have a lot of uh, power mm -hmm. and, you know, the men, the husband is chosen for them, Yeah. which unfortunately still happens in other countries even today. Uh, but anyway, she doesn't really know the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but she would really like to get to know him before they get married. It's like a sensible wish. <laughs> uh, but the parents don't think it's necessary. So then she goes to her aunt who tells, and she who, who gives her a gift and says, you know, in our family, you know, do you know there's this skin, uh, a man's skin that you can put on and mm. it's like this magic skin. So she, when she puts, it's like really like a piece of, clothing that you put yeah. on but it's a skin of a man oh my god and when you put it on you actually really you know you disappear basically you're inside the skin it looks perfect so every she looks like a man then wow and then she can go out and actually meet her future husband and then she actually falls in love with him but he, she's a man and he actually falls in love with her but he falls in love with the man oh no and uh, it's actually really really interesting because oh, it's no. all about yes Oh. Um, but that one is I a graphic. I want to read that now. It's good. I can give it to you. And um, that it's like an very interesting plot. And in, yeah, in a man's skin, it's a very interesting plot. And also, in a way, it's set in you know like hundreds of years ago. But it's a very modern story. It's basically about liberating. You know, uh, finding out who you are. You know, different uh, different uh, genders and uh, love. It's very interesting. That and that one good. you can read very quickly. Because it's very good and there's very little text. Yeah. And um, and I think there are lots of really interesting uh, graphic uh, graphic novels which are good. I think it's or short stories. Yeah. If you don't have so much time to read so much. I feel like reading is also a habit. Like the reason, for example, for you, it's super easy, or even for me to pick up books, is because we're in the habit of mm. when we'll have a free minute, or for example, at the airport when we have free ten minutes or fifteen minutes, however long it is pick up a book like I'll have a free five minutes and I'll pick up a book versus I know that with other people I speak to if they have a free five minutes they would see reading as almost like too big of a task to pick mm. up because it's more of a novelty so you know so I think it's it's definitely a habit and don't be too hard on yourself when getting into it, especially if like you've not read for a while or you only read once in a while especially if you're at uni I didn't read as much when I was at university because I feel like you read a lot because of all of the academic papers so sometimes I feel like it can be more difficult than want to switch off and want to then still read as your relaxing activity. Mm. So I feel like, you know, go easy on yourself. Um, 
what helps me is to have like dedicated reading time so for example I know that in the evenings I'll pick up a book and I'm like knocked out in two seconds like I will probably lift my book up and then my arms will get heavy and then I won't even read a whole page because I'm Mm. tired versus in the morning with my like cup of coffee I can happily read for like one hour or or more if I have the time but Mm. I mostly don't so I think it can be like knowing what is realistic for you you know don't say that you're gonna read for half an hour before bed and then be frustrated with yourself because you didn't manage because that was like unrealistic from the get-go so and then it's also about finding the best way for you to read so like do you prefer to do it on kindle because then it's more portable and maybe if you do a lot of waiting or do a lot of commuting that works better for you or if you because I actually found kindle a bit unmotivating like I don't really like picking up a kindle Versus for me, having, like, the physical copies really yeah, rewarding. I also prefer the phys- physical book. But for traveling, I think the Kindle is, is really yeah. good because it's so light and you can put it in your pocket and you can yeah. get it out really easily. And also maybe uh, as a tip, you know, f- I think if you don't have the time to read a lot, maybe not get a, you know, really... I love big books but mm-hmm. uh, because I'm always sad when a book finishes if it's good. But sometimes, you know, if it's, like, a really, really big book... Um, long book and they're complicated names and you can only read like I don't know for for five or ten minutes and then you pick it up again after a week or two weeks and you've forgotten the storyline and the plot and the characters names that can be a bit frustrating and then people yeah. sometimes give up yeah um so maybe also the choice of book you know the books yeah. you choose is important yeah then also things to keep you accountable slash motivated so <laughs> unbiasedly I think joining a book club is a great idea <laughs> Join our yeah, and, what's, and what's the problem with just reading the you know the book club uh, books is also great why not yeah I mean, of course I mean you you only do one a month yeah, yeah. so hmm. but yeah there's also like I feel like there's such pressure to be reading like what is it why is it better to be reading 50 books in a year than 10 or you know I feel like there's also because my like lots of people maybe just are like a slower paced reader doesn't mean that you're reading less well or like I feel like especially in like booktube or book talk it's like I read 200 books this year and whatever like people are reading crazy amounts keeping track of them like I feel like there's a lot of pressure and it's almost like oh you can't call yourself a reader unless you read x amount of books which I think is silly so I think it's also like putting less pressure on yourself. Then on the reverse side, I actually have been finding it super motivating to watch specific book YouTubers or to follow certain book Instagrams that I really enjoy. Um, so for example, my favorite book YouTuber is Jack Edwards. I just think he does like really good reviews. And I don't even agree with his opinions most like all of the time. But I just enjoy hearing his thoughts and it's really interesting and it always makes me want to read new books. And even on Instagram, like, so then instead of you're scrolling and you're seeing like a new piece of clothing you could buy, you're actually also seeing inspiration for new books you could read and mm. you're seeing someone else's thoughts and you you maybe then want to engage or get involved in that conversation and it kind of like inspires you to read even when you're doing something that's not related to reading. Mm. So it's kind of like keeping it in your brain. Have you had a look at Reese Witherspoon's book club? No. <laughs> me neither <laughs> I just read an article in the Guardian today about hers and I was just thinking it sounded uh, it sounded interesting 
I'm sure it's no. good. I don't know no, why. But I, I haven't either, no. So I feel I can't like I don't t- really get involved in like big celebrity. But it's interesting. I read in this article that she bought it from someone else who was like, it was hers. Oh. And yeah. That was interesting. And she basically like approached uh, someone else who had like, you know, I don't know. I didn't know that. Uh, how many uh, thousand photos and then sort of t- took it over and made it. And then after that, it went, you know, really big. Because she has so many followers. Yeah. Why didn't she just build up her own? Mm, I don't know. Maybe she really liked, you know, the what the other one was doing. And it seemed easier. I have no idea. Because I can't really speak as an expert on this. Because I've just read this article today. <laughs> and I've never really followed her, her book club. Um, Interesting approach. Well, okay, if any of you guys are members of Reese Witherspoon's book club, maybe it's good. Know. Yeah. Maybe it's good. I mean, she's a she's um any sort of book club I'm I'm all here for. You know, like whatever gets people to read and talk about books, like that's so cool. Mm. I actually really want to join. I mean, I love our book club. It's honestly mm. like one of the favorite things we do. What is this called? You know, this 99 question where famous people are asked a certain amount of questions in a, in a, in a very short amount of time. Vogue 75 questions. That, that's it. And I just saw um, I just saw her video. Oh. And that one is really fun to watch. So you do procrastinate whilst watching YouTube videos. Well, I read... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that on holiday. It <laughs> okay. was fun. Okay, fine. Fine. I was trying to catch you out, but you didn't allow me. <laughs> so let's see. How long have we been recording? Oh, oh my god, one hour five minutes. Okay, I think we really have to wrap it up. We wanted to get to some more questions, but I think we might have to just do that in a separate episode, and then me and Kara will will talk about it. Although that, uh, you had a really, really sweet long message. Yeah, we had a really interesting one around, it was like a specific situation that she was speaking about with like a, it's like almost a teaser for the next episode, but it was Mm. about a guy in her friendship group. And, um, you know, her kind of, she's been liking him for a while, but, and he knows that she likes her. And kind of recently she asked him to like go for a coffee or something and he said yes. But then since then he kind of didn't follow up. And he kind of said he was ill and then didn't follow up. But they've obviously seen each other since because they're like in the same friendship group. And then her question was around like, you know, what should she do? Because he clearly does like her to some extent. First of all, they're friends. Then also he kind of seeks out her company when they're in a bigger group. But then he's clearly also not made the effort to you know, meet up with her or to follow up. And it's been kind of a, a week since she sent that original message asking to go for a coffee. I mean, now I've kind of explained the situation. Maybe as well give her thoughts. Yeah. So I hope I summarized this well. I actually don't have the message in front of me right now, but we did read it. We we were discussing it at dinner table uh, with my brother and Yeah, it's a, really, well. it's a really interesting question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, we all had different thoughts Yeah, we on all it. had different thoughts. So, Mama, what were your thoughts? Recap. Well, I was thinking that maybe the guy is like a little bit uh, shy and maybe to just just ask him on, you know, put him on the spot and say, okay, you know, if you're not, why are you procrastinating? You know, <laughs> if, if, you, if you do, just go for it. If not, you know, no problem. And um, like give him another push. But I know that you and... Uh, and Papa, he had the completely, he said, 
no, you know, like if he really wants to go for it, he should go for it. And if he's clearly not as interested and maybe, you know, doesn't want to say and not to sort of not to message him again, but he should now come forward if he's really interested. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts on this are, I feel like you've done everything right in terms of, I think it's really good that you messaged him and yeah, asked very him. brave. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, how are you ever supposed to know if you don't like reach out, especially yeah. if like you're, I mean, kind of, cause apparently like a friend of your, a friend of this, this girl messaged or has told the guy that like she likes him to which i'd be like why did the friend do that i'd be pissed off if actually my friend a friend of mine did do that to me once and i was upset yeah i was upset I, um I but clear, i don't think i don't think this person was upset about it so or maybe it was just not included in the message but first of all i'm thinking you know so he already knows he's not really done anything yet about it which then again yeah he could maybe also be shy or, or be confused because she's not made any moves herself so I think you did exactly the right thing in messaging him and asking him to meet up for coffee I think the only thing where I'm a little bit not worried but I'm a bit confused is terms of like he says yes but then he says he's ill which is fair people do get ill but then he's not followed back up since and I feel like if you're although really he's interested, clearly not ill anymore exactly because yeah. you've seen each other since so I'm like okay if you're really interested in someone I think you'd pick it you'd pick the conversation back up or, or follow up. And I feel like you deserve someone who, who would and who would take the initiative because it's really, you've done the hardest bit for them. Like you've already asked them all they now need to do is be like, ah, oh, like, so sorry, I have a message back the last week or, or, you know, finally I'm feeling better. Like, are you free sometime this week or, you know, whatever. Like it's not any, it's not a lot of, you know, bravery that they have to put into that message or like, because the first step you very kindly already did for them. So, and I feel like then messaging again is almost... Too much, yeah. They don't deserve it, yeah? It's like, you've you've done the hard work and now if they're interested, they can also do a little bit of work. Yeah. And if they're not willing to do that, then maybe it's not the right person. Yeah, and then also the thing of like, oh, they're... And this is kind of seeing it from a very negative perspective, but okay, so they're willing to almost like be seek your company when you're in a big group, but then not actually following up when you're alone. So are they maybe trying to keep you warm a little bit? Are they, you know, they're not really wanting to give a clear signal. They, they're not really wanting to commit either way, which I think is not fair. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Is a little bit. Yeah. But then what Papa also said was that he, because I think he also agreed with me at first, like that was his instinct. But then he also said that when you were saying the thing of like, maybe actually he is shy, that he used to also have a friend who had that exact thing where like he knew he really liked a girl and he knew that the girl liked him, but he found it really difficult to actually meet up with her or to, you know, then commit to her or anything or to make any kind of move, even though technically, you know, it should have been an easy situation because he was scared that, he wasn't going to be good enough for her or, you know, he had his own insecurities, which were preventing him from mm. going into that situation, which obviously we have no idea. That might also be the case. So I don't want to be like harsh to be like, if he wanted to, he would and blah, he's not the guy for you because I don't know this man or this boy, however old he is. And I don't know his character. So I don't know if maybe it'd be helpful to know what his personality type is from what at least you can see like is he 
you know, is he quite a confident person? Even that could be a facade, though. Lots of people appear confident mm. and actually are not. Um, but, you know, you knowing him as a friend, for example, how does he normally approach situations with girls? Like, is he, you know, normally the one to make a first step or to, you know, be quite forward? Or, yeah, I feel like you'll probably have a, a good gauge on that. Or how does he normally act if he does like someone? Or maybe you've never seen him in, in those environments or in those situations before. But I think it's really difficult to to know you know what of the two it is and I would I would wait it out for for a, a bit at the moment at least give it a little bit of time because it still could be either options but I feel like yeah don't kind of message him to follow up at the moment I would say like and give even it a Goya no he was saying oh was yeah it? my brother yeah what was he saying he was saying that in school he's 15. Oh, um, true. Yeah, I remember. He was saying like, oh, I hope maybe he's watched those TikToks in terms of like, I think it's like Andrew Tate or whatever. Telling, I hope not. <laughs> it was like telling telling men that, oh, you shouldn't message girls because then they'll lose interest and like all sorts of stupid advice that social media is now apparently giving, giving men. So... Um, he could be on the toxic side of social media. You don't know. Maybe he thinks that he's doing the right thing. You never know. But then again, I wouldn't want to date a guy who's listening to that stupid stuff. I'd want a guy who'd like just wants to meet up with me and and wants to get to know me better in a in a one to one context, and not someone who's playing games with me. Mm. You know, or playing games because he thinks it's gonna make me more interested. Like that's so that's so childish i think or so immature that could be any age like people are immature at i don't know 30 years old or 40 Definitely. or whatever like very true um so i think wait it out for a bit give us some extra context in yes terms of like let this. us know yeah um and i think just yeah maybe if he doesn't message you back what should she do like if he doesn't message anything in like the next weeks do nothing <laughs> Do nothing and and um, move on. So have you given up on your shy boy theory? Mm. Maybe try and gauge it when you're together in big groups, like for example at like a party or something. Like yeah, if the, if the moment is right, she yeah. could she could just find out and say. You or know. even bring it up in person. Yeah, because I think that could work maybe quite well in terms of like if you if you have a moment where you're actually speaking the two of you and being like oh like. Um, what about that cup of coffee do you yeah. want to or you know it's no problem if you don't want to just just tell me yeah you know. maybe and bring then, it because i feel like that's less intense than like messaging someone about it yeah just like, and oh, then yeah, uh, if you, by the way if you did want to get that like giving him another chance in that way maybe if you think the moment is right if you then, think you're like vibing and then uh, also asking the question in person although maybe it's you know you're afraid to do that because it's more awkward if but then you can actually, you know, you can see, you can yeah. observe, you know, how the person reacts. And that will tell you a lot about whether he does really like you in that way yeah. or not. And if not, no problem. You can think of a follow up question and just, you know, move yeah, on you don't have to, to phrase something it. else. It doesn't have to mean that you're, you know, that you want X, Y, Z from him. Like it could, no. you know, it's it. I mean, it's really often that you just want to meet up for a cup of coffee with a friend no matter what like gender they are like it's just a normal question to ask even with the context of like him thinking that or him knowing that you like him that 
information was also probably communicated to him like a while ago from what your message seemed. So he could also be thinking like, who like who knows if you're already interested in someone else? Like who knows if that's even still the case, you know? So don't feel like you're like on the back foot or you're like the one in a in not the position of power. Like you you still have all the power, you still have all the all the control in terms of if you want to kind of retreat or, you know, focus on someone else and just see him as a friend or, you know. Um but yeah. I don't know if this was that extremely helpful but we tried <laughs> okay do you want to finish with the story time oh god i don't know if we have time we're in Tisca so long okay very short because yeah because we got one question which is um how long had you been going out with your partners before you told your parents story time please um i think i'm potentially a bit of a rare example because I know from a lot of my friends who don't like I've got a friend who's like I'm only gonna tell my dad that I've got a boyfriend when we're like engaged to be married so I think I'm a bit different like I think I've told you about every single guy I've dated pretty much as soon as I've met them so like when did I do you remember when I first told you about Marco yes you were on holiday yeah yeah did I tell you when we were still in Spain or did I tell you? Because I... I think you told me after. Because basically... No, I think you told me after. We went to Spain and then straight after I went on family holiday with everyone. And then mm. I told pretty much my whole family. <laughs> yeah. That I had met this this cute Italian surfer. And I was very excited. Mm. So yeah, I pretty much told them as soon as. But it's just because I think we just have a very open relationship and even as a teenager I feel like I'd tell you very quickly and you got to meet most of the people I dated I'd say you met pretty much everyone that was like somewhat significant that was fun (laughs) (laughs) how did you feel when like I told you about a new person Mm, happy for you yeah yeah okay that's good Mm. do you feel like you have a good could you judge before it was like in the past, could you judge that it was going to end before it was going to end almost? Or did you sometimes think that actually... Yeah, normally I can... I think you normally know yourself mm-hmm. and the way you're telling the story, you can um, you can then know, you know, yeah. what stage you're at. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The way a person is telling or talking about someone else will... Mm. Says a lot. Okay, we're going to end it here. We've spoken for a very long time. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. And yeah, let us know what you thought, if you enjoyed. Um, and yeah, me and Carl will probably do like a part two, responding to some others. Also, very exciting news is that Carl and I uploaded our first vlog to YouTube. It's about the day that we did our Match Diaries book club event. So I'll put the link in the, we'll put the link in like the the description, the notes of the episode so you can go watch it and let us know what other videos you'd like to see from us in future because it's just, yeah, I think it's a really fun platform and I actually really enjoyed editing. So I think we want to, we both want to get into it a little bit more and obviously it's like long form content, which we clearly enjoy, Um, but it's just like a more visual way. So yeah, let us know and thank you mama for coming on again i really appreciate it Mm, thank you for asking (laughs) and do you have any last words to the pod (laughs) be happy (laughs) (laughs) okay that's good last words um 
okay we're sending lots of love and i'll speak to you next week bye bye